Hey, my bad. <laughs> hey, my name's Steve, and uh, you listen to the interview show. But Steve, what band are you from? I don't know. Hi, my name is Steve. Oh. I'm in the band for. Hey, my name's Steve. I'm in the band Philosopher. You listen to the interview show. Here's my Philosopher cry. Hi, I'm Justin from Philosoraptor, and you're listening to The Interview Show. This is my Philosoraptor cry. Hey, my name's Phil. I'm uh, from Philosoraptor, and you're listening to The Interview Show. I've never actually tried a Philosoraptor <laughs> cry, but this is going to be it. <laughs> the T-Rex ate you, motherfucker. <laughs> Well, that wasn't really the effect I was going for. But we'll go with it. No, that's it. It was cold, and it hurt just a little. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There was smoke, but nobody had fire. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just a pretty young thing. What could go wrong? Just a pretty young thing. Wrapped in the soft. Just a pretty young thing. So far, so long. Just a pretty young thing. This is Scott Woodger host, and we're in the practice space of Philosoraptor. Guys, I would love it if you could introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Steve. Here's my Philosoraptor cry. I'm Justin. This is my Philosoraptor cry. Hey, I'm Phil, and uh, I've never actually tried a Philosoraptor <laughs> cry, but this is going to be it. <laughs> okay, we just listened to PYT. I would love it if one of you guys or all of you guys could talk a little bit about that. Uh, PYT, I was just talking about this last night, came from uh, walking up uh, Abbott Street, I live around Abbott and Cordova, and I got to see two things. One was the girls in mid-December wearing skirts and nothing else, and their legs looked cold as hell, 
I thought, wow, that must hurt. It's so cold. And then I saw the lady huddled in an alleyway, injecting some sort of drug into her foot and or leg, and thought, wow, that must hurt as well. Let's juxtapose those things. Pretty much the vast majority of really beautiful women I know have been some of the most fucked up human being or messed up human beings in the entire world. So I think it kind of be self-explanatory right there. <laughs> Great, thank you. Um, Phil, no comment. <laughs> Phil used to be one of the most beautiful women. Phil with a P-Y-T. Could go wrong, Phil. Now I'm in Velociraptor. Say it again, Phil. Now I'm in Velociraptor. <laughs> That's your sound bite. Uh, it was, uh, it's funny. We get asked a lot about some sort of Michael Jackson connection but, like, Steve was fully aware. I, Steve wrote the lyrics, obviously, and was fully aware of, obviously, the Michael Jackson no, song. No, I'm completely unaware. I <laughs> no, you never aware. No, I had no idea that the Michael Jackson song existed until I saw it on, like, Glee the next week. No, I, t- I, think, <laughs> I, I thought that we said, like, well, it, it is the same name as the Michael Jackson song, but it's okay. What? Michael Jackson has a song called PYT? <laughs> I took it from Justice. She was such a PYT. And, like, I remember that song came out, and it was, like, Three weeks later, I was like, what does PYT mean? Pretty young thing. Oh, of course! It's a pretty young thing. And I thought I would explain to the world that PYT meant pretty young thing. But you Googled PYT and it didn't come up with Michael Jackson is what you're saying. Yes. It's like you figured it out about 25 years after (laughs) everyone else. else, All of those 30 million people that bought Thriller... So maybe it discounts my whole getting to the cultural mindscape theory of Velociraptor, but nonetheless, that's what happened. I'm going to start off because everybody I've talked to, when I brought up Velociraptor, talks about the meme. I was hoping you guys could talk a little bit about the meme. I didn't know it existed before we started the band. It was only after we started the band and put it up on, like, made a MySpace, actually, was the first thing we did. I think, I think it's worked out really well. I, I think it meshes very well with us in a coincidental fashion. Uh, and I support it insofar as we named our second EP after it to, get, to steal YouTube hits off of it. <laughs> yeah, it's true that like we ha- we actually had no idea that there was this meme before we named our band Velociraptor, and it it's really hard to convince people of that now. But the band is actually not named after the meme; it's a completely coincidental thing. I suppose it it just proves how in tune with the the modern day we are. <laughs> I had never heard about the meme until everybody mentioned it to me. So I looked it up. Can you guys explain what that is? Well, the meme itself basically consists of an image with a green and black background of a velociraptor in a thinker pose, um, spouting off bizarre, non-sequitur, vaguely philosophical thoughts. For example, is raping a prostitute stealing? (laughs) That is one, actually. I've, I've seen that one, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. You, uh, I don't have to go into that anymore now. Um, <laughs> hey, my name's Phil. I'm uh, from Velociraptor, and you're listening to the interview show. I've never actually tried a Velociraptor guy, but this is going to be it.
I'm Justin from Philosoraptor, and you're listening to The Interview Show. This is my Philosoraptor cry. Okay, we just heard your song, Grammar. One of the guys from Philosoraptor, I would love it if you could tell me about that song. Uh, Grammar is basically the song that started the band. Uh, I came up with the first line. That's all. the only lyric I came up with, um, which is... I forget it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the same as I was last summer. My grammar got worse, but I got funner uh, with this, you know, A and G chord progression. And we slowly, like, it came in here as a different guitar thing and left as a totally, you know, what it is now. Uh, but we wrote the song and recorded a video demo of it in our first practice as Philosoraptor. So. Actually, the first time I ever met S- Steve, or pretty nearly that, if I think it was the first time. I think it was really the first time. You. We basically we got together, we jammed, we we wrote this song, and immediately we were like, "Okay, cool, let's write more songs like that." And we haven't. And we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we have not written another song like that since. Why don't we go into the story behind your guys' actual origin? Well, my uh, fiance, then girlfriend, uh, she tends to talk as she's talking in her sleep or as she's falling to sleep. Uh, And one night she was falling asleep. I was still awake and we were having some sort of one-sided conversation and she responded Velociraptor. And I immediately ended the conversation and texted Steve and said, let's start a band called Velociraptor. Was that when we started? Was that like, had we started jamming at that point? I don't even think we had started jamming. I think we'd made plans to jam. Okay, I thought we I had. I don't think you had because I was on the outside and I knew that you were going to jam. I'm just like, maybe maybe I can, can jam, guys, because I would, had just moved to Vancouver and I was waiting for, for something to do. And he literally texted me that name. I'm like, all right, that is the name of our band that does not exist yet. By the way, can I jam sometime? Basically, <laughs> in any case, as soon as we, like, Justin mentioned the name that Emma had, like, spouted off while half asleep, we immediately thought this is exactly the perfect name for the band. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know Phil. Like, all right, that would yeah. be our band. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> so you guys are new to the city, and uh, you've done a pretty good job of invading the local scene. So I was hoping you could talk about being the new guy in town. Well, when you don't have friends, you need to meet people, and you need to go do things. So I enjoy music. Go out to shows, make friends, and. Yeah, this city's got a fantastic music scene to offer and just go out and see shows. Otherwise, they won't happen. I remember when we started, we had no idea how we were going to get any shows. And I think one of our first shows, like the Backstage Lounge, and it got generated off of a, a random Craigslist like, begging post. Like, does anyone want to play with us? And and that happened. And then we did kind of get into the scene. Uh, we went to some of Winnie Cooper shows and met... Patrick with the Cobalt and just kept going to, to more shows and it's very easy to get to know musicians because hey do you like music I like music and I play it you play music I play music too and you yeah. kind of just go on from there and make connections and Vancouver has a really supportive scene that's just been fantastic to us the, these guys though like in all honesty I mean they're out all the time they're you know meeting new people I'm kind of like the hermit as far as that goes like I don't really get out half as much as these guys do but like it's true that I think the Vancouver scene, you know, people outside of it kind of have this misconception that maybe 
you know, there's not that much going on, but in reality, there's so many great bands. There's a lot of really great venues. And if you actually get out there and meet people, there's a lot of great shows for, for you to play, you know? So it's been good. Actually, our first show to really explain a semi fast track into, <laughs> into the music scene was, uh, at Adam Levine's condo. And Adam is the owner of the electric owl. And at that time he was playing in a band, uh, called Double Dragon with Tristan Orchard, who is Winnie Cooper guy. So basically, our first show is in a living room. Um, black tie, a, a black promoter, yeah. and of a bar owner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it worked out kind of well to meet those guys right off the bat. And they probably didn't like our show because probably I not. Don't, yeah. yeah. We were but, terribly hairy people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Your strange stories are making this interview a lot less awkward. I appreciate that. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, <laughs> so what's. One tip to fast track your way into the Vancouver scene. Go drinking on weeknights. That is the, that's pretty much the only tip you need to know. Yeah. And it's absolutely valid and it sounds just juvenile, but you go out to a show on a weeknight and you are showing your devotion to the music scene. You're basically sacrificing your well-being for the following morning for the music that you're viewing and anybody who is there with you is doing the same. And it's basically a fast track to a, a palm slitting and a blood oath. Like, no, that that's, it's true though. Like nobody, I mean, you can't just walk into a new sort of scene and like expect to have shows handed to you, you know, like you need to like get out there. You need to support other bands, get out to the shows that are on like Monday nights that you might not otherwise go to. And like, you know, just show your face. You can't just expect things to, to happen. Hey, my name's Steve and uh, you listen to the interview show. But Steve, what band are you from? I don't know. Hi, my name is Steve. Oh. I'm in the band for... Hey, my name's Steve. I'm in the band Philosopher. You're listening to the interview show. Here's my Philosopher cry. <laughs> when tricks were tricks, nothing to eat. They left great taste in my mouth. Even in the snow, we're good to go. Our indoor voices flew south. Familiar strangers. Doorways everywhere. The ghost turns out the Suits in an easy chair I choose one sweet for the night Now I never believe Razor blades in apples Now boy is my face red And I always forget How hot it gets inside these mouths My blood and tears they mix with sweat It was only a matter of 
Hey, my name's Phil. I'm uh, from Velociraptor, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Hey, I'm Phil, and uh, I've never actually tried a Velociraptor guy, but this is going to be it. <laughs> the T-Rex ate you, motherfucker. Play razor blades. Razor blades and apples. Do it. Okay, razor blades and apples. Guys, can you tell me a little bit about that one? Razor blades and apples is a song that I wrote and took many months of just scribbling ideas and little riffs down. And when I brought it to jam, we were not good enough to play and sing it at the same time. Uh, and then I came up with this idea down the road of doing a uh, Halloween single. Um, and well, let me interject one moment. We really discovered we were not good enough to play it at the same time when we played it in the afternoon at the Cobalt to three people and the garbage man. Continue. <laughs> True story. Uh, and so we uh, we ended up asking Everett of Ono Yoko to sing vocals on it, and uh, he, he was game for it, swept in and did that. And uh, it's one of... I don't know, my proudest songs because it showed how, A, we could work with other people and we brought in the whole community in Vancouver for that Halloween single. We had like 13 people on the B side of that track and uh, raised some money from UNICEF and uh, I thought it was just a great accomplishment for us and it's a song we'll never play live and that I hope people really enjoy uh, on the show now and uh, online. Cool. All right. Thanks for that, guys. So let's talk about the element... I'll say it again. <laughs> Let's talk about the elephant in the room. You guys are a trio, but there's two guitars and a set of drums. Well, we just didn't have a bass player, and we stuck with it, and we said, no, we do not need a bass player. We're going to figure this out. Um, it has limited our, our songwriting abilities, and it has very focused our sound to very riff-based um, put a lot of pressure on Phil for carrying the, the rhythm, but I think it has worked out into being something very, uh, I hesitate to use the word unique because it means totally one of a kind. There are billions of guitar and drum bands out there, but it has very much focused our sound and made it uh, our own. And uh, we, we've had criticisms of it, and Justin recently got an octave pedal. We It's a new sound for us. You haven't heard it on any of our recordings yet, but it's going to be there, and I think it's going to make uh, things seem a lot, uh, lot heavier. More yeah. Leviathan-like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like We we did start jamming without the bass, and we kind of set out right from the get-go and said that it's not something we wanted to do. Mostly, I think, honestly, though, like we just all got along, and just adding a fourth member, I mean, it's hard enough to find... Like for one person to find two people that they get along well, very you know, very well musically, and that they want to play with, you know, adding somebody else to the mix, you don't really know what's going to happen. And we we just kind of like the situation that is as it is, so we set ourselves to keeping it that way, basically. You guys must get this all the time, but what happens? A music fan comes up to you and says, "You guys, your songs—they're wonderful, but they would sound so much better if you had bass." It happens. I'm going to get that guy into the band and then we're going to haze him just like Metallica <laughs> hazed James or Jason Newstead when he first joined the band in the late 80s. Look it up. There's some good stories. And and more than that, I kind of smile <laughs> and say how we have basically have a perfect democracy and I don't want to mess with that. And, and that's very true in one point. I remember seeing uh, the Arcade Fire play uh, last year and there's like 27 of them on stage and I love their songs but I cannot imagine how the hell you write a song with like 27 equal voices and of course the answer is you don't one person is in control of the whole thing and that is not at all how we operate we're very collaborative even when someone kind of brings in a complete song if we don't have each other's support on it it doesn't happen we've had 
lots of songs that just die on the floor. Like, yeah, not that one. We don't like it. We don't like you. Uh, Do a new one. It really, it's true that it just comes down to like we have a good thing going, and we think like we've been over the past couple years since we've been playing, really been trying to like hone our guitar sound to to make up for the lack of that low end bass. And now with Justin's octave pedal and just the kind of setup that we have. I don't know. We really think that it's it's just going to work out that way. That we don't really people won't hopefully won't ask as much. Where's your bass player? They're going to ask, where did you get so many goddamn pedals? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Last question. I like to end the show by having the band pick one track out of their current repertoire, and we play out with that track. So, guys, can you pick one and tell us a little bit about it? We're pointing at each other. What are we playing? What song? Uh, well, one song I'm sure we're going to play, uh, Clever Girl. I remember writing that song, and one of the things that I do with songs, I write the lyrics first. And I was sitting on the number three bus when I used to live at like 55th and Main, coming towards Vancouver just to have a life. And uh, I was like, Velociraptor, Raptors, Clever Girl, Jurassic Park. And it may be the corniest thing I ever came up with, but I think it's a very solid song that kind of incorporates all the elements of the band and all of our sneakiness of trying to get into your head. Nice. All right. There we go. Clever Girl by Philosoraptor. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah.